We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. It is Monday morning, March 6th. Scott's spilling on his hand already, hopefully not on his equipment. <laughs> and uh, we're live. Uh, it's f- the Monday following the Combine. Scott, how you doing? You feeling alive? A little bit tired? I bet you we're doing a little better than the people covering it. Those people are always zombies by the end of this week, but we got to watch it. Yeah, that's a long that's a long weekend for sure, doing those events. Uh, feeling good. Gorgeous weekend here. You know, watch some, watch some Combine, watch some results come in, uh, watch some kids sports, you know, the usual, the usual. Yeah. Nice, nice little Saturday. Nice little Saturday. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I hung out with some friends, did some summer planning here, went into work for about 10 hours on Saturday. So uh, gaining those hours for the summertime, talking about maybe doing the uh, High Sierra Trail in uh, the Kings Canyon Sequoia Wilderness, where it ends climbing Mount Whitney. That'd be pretty awesome. Would love to do the J section of the PCT as well. So we'll see what the summer looks like, but it's right around the corner. But first, we got to get through. Uh, the combine's done. Now we got free agency coming up and then the draft. So it's, it's a fun time of year and it's always fun having guys like Ethan come in here. Good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Mark's in here too, saying I want a line like Elway had last two years. The, uh, then we were dominant hiking and ducking. It ain't cutting it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The offensive line has been uh, not great the last few seasons. You've heard me say it on here a few times though. I think that with how Russell Wilson played last season and how the offense was, structured they put the offensive line in nearly a can't win situation i don't think any offensive line had such fine margins for error as the broncos did last season because of how russell wilson held on to the football how the broncos were constantly in third and long and just the there was no easy button uh for the offense at all competency on offense staying balanced and not being predictable will do wonders for this offensive line it, you know they they George Payton flat out came out and said, we need better players. <laughs> you know, we need, we need to upgrade on that spot. We need to invest in the offensive line, which we've said, but again, it's not all on the personnel. Again, I don't think some of those guys are good enough period in any kind mm-hmm. of scheme, but they don't have to look as bad as they have looked Nick. Yep. And it's why it's the ultimate team game uh, without a doubt, but Right, Mark, we want to invest in that offensive line. And I think that's one thing. I don't think it's going to happen overnight this season, but over the next three years, if there's one thing that I think you're going to have with Sean Payton, it's that it's going to be heavy investment in the offensive line and uh, above average offensive line. I mean, almost every single year Sean Payton was in New Orleans. They had a top 10 unit and they paid 
uh, for that line as well. So a lot of first round picks in there. Andreas Pete. Uh, you also had, I think Eric McCoy was a first round pick for them there. Uh, no, excuse me. Cesar Ruiz was a first round pick for them there. Ryan Ramchick was a first round pick there. McCoy might've been too. I mean, they, they invested in the offensive line uh, in new Orleans. Yeah. Breeze threw the ball downfield a lot, but I always think of the running game as an ex- the, the passing game is an extension of the running game. They use their running backs a ton. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll see the, the running backs heavily involved, which is going to mean mobile offensive linemen. You know, we've had that question before last, last year, Nick, why don't the Broncos, or at least why aren't they better at it? Run more screens and you'll see the screen gets gets thrown and the, the lineman just couldn't get there you know you're you're you want to catch it and have guys already out in front of you and it's too late they, they, they there just was not nearly enough mobility and that's really bad when you're not strong at the point of attack either so you know it's it's kind of a you know a joke I use like well these guys aren't real mobile but they make up for it by being weak you know it's it was <laughs> so yes there's some upgrades that need to happen there for sure hello yeah. Dave good morning sir Dave coming in with the hearts. I'm sure Dave also giving us a thumbs up on the way in. If you guys all like Dave, I see we got thumbs up from Paul Swallow, Greg Smith, Dom Harmio, and George Fox. Hit the thumbs up on the ways in. We really appreciate that. Jeremy Sean in here too saying morning, boys. Hope everyone had a good weekend. Was a good weekend. Dreaming of summertime. Degeneration X, our guy. Always appreciate you coming in. Um, thank you so much. Hit me up on Facebook like you have been with your mock drafts and stuff. Uh, sometimes you hit me up on him in the middle of like a meeting or something. So I don't give it the attention it deserves, but I always do appreciate the comments. Uh, we got chase Wellner coming in. Good morning to you, chase. We appreciate you. We got a guy, JD. It's been a bit JD, uh, eight zero one saying good morning. Broncos fam from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Good to see you, JD. Hope you're well. Jesse Hilborn saying morning, everyone. Keith Brugman saying good morning. What's for breakfast. I had a protein bar and a handful of raspberries. Um, I read a, I know this is something that's been for a bit, but read a study about how your cortisol um, uptick upticks incredibly if you drink coffee before having any food in your stomach, and that can lead to stress, headaches, and also the inability to burn fat uh, when you have the major cortisol. I take a supplement called ashwagandha that helps hmm. knock down cortisol. Okay, well. And it's good. I like it. Interesting that we're getting real sciencey today, but um, yeah, so I had, I, I had food before I had my coffee. I've typically been pretty bad on the show. I'll have breakfast afterwards after I drink 30 ounces of coffee, um, but uh, mine coffee, good stuff, but been uh, eating a little bit more. So that was for breakfast, nothing too fancy, but I had to be up at, you know, 5 a.m., uh, 5.30 a.m. to get everything ready for uh, the first show that we were on with Scott this morning. So not a lot of time to cook a nice balanced breakfast. Yeah, I have uh, the, the yogurt. I have my yogurts in the morning. I try and get protein. And I, it's, coffee's too acidic for me to to eat, to have on an empty stomach. So I, I drain one of these, which is, you know, 30 ounces of water. And usually it's done by now. I didn't didn't finish this. So I pee a lot. <laughs> <laughs> God, uh, Jason O'Neill, good morning, Nick and Scott. I hope all of Broncos country as well. Let's buck the trend of losing. God, that'd be great. Uh, how many picks do you see the Broncos having come draft time? I think they'll, what do they have right now? Five. I think you'll see them finish with at least six. Yeah. If you can take something, you know, take a fifth rounder and spin it to another six and a seven, something like that. It, it, it could be just get bodies in. I don't think we're going to see any major moves, you know, to you, unless it's, it would be end up what Curtis is saying in here, you know, if you if 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 he want if Draymond Jones wants that money, just tag and trade him. 
you know, um, move something like that. I just, I don't think, I don't think the um, the Broncos have the the players that would fetch a return that you want to get the to to make a really huge move. Um, we talk about wide receivers, but unless there's some personal stuff going on. You need the wide receivers. The wide receivers you have, you're going to need them. You need Sutton. You need Patrick. You need Judy. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't move any of those guys. Right now, the wide receivers do make the most sense if you're bound and determined to get draft capital. I think that the trade market for wide receivers is probably going to get you the best return on investment. Now, I agree with you. You do need those guys. But I think it was Ben Albright um, this weekend mentioned about how the Broncos you know, might be shopping wide receivers. And if they are to look for wide receiver to be one of their first pick in the third round, uh, which, you know, Tyler Scott, uh, Marvin Mims, Cedric Tillman. I mean, there's going to be some wide receiver there. That's going to be interesting. Reset the contracts at the position, which right now, all three of your big wide receivers essentially are coming up to a, a fork in the road after the season. So right. that's interesting as well to see. I mean, I agree with you. You're not just giving those guys away, uh, but I think that the Broncos are at least taking calls uh, to see what teams are interested in. And the only one that helps you to to move on as far as financially this year would be Judy. It's not so much the finances. It's the addition of a cap and then resetting the contract in there and getting a different body type in there. So Yeah, but I mean, you're resetting the contract in order to save some money. It's control. It's more control. But you do that next year. But you don't have, you need picks this year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I don't, it doesn't make sense yeah. to me. So I don't see it happening. I can't talk myself yeah. into saying financially. It's like, yeah, we want to, we want to reset the contracts, but I don't get any benefit from doing that this year. I get the benefit for doing that next year. So, okay. Well, then we'd have a second year receiver instead of a first year receiver. How much better would he be in year two if we got him this year and into the system and moving? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know. You might be resetting everything next year anyway. Yeah. You know, so I I can't talk myself into moving a wide receiver, Nick, unless again, there's some personal stuff going on 
you know, locker room stuff. This isn't a fit. This guy wants out. He wants to be traded, which we don't know. Mm-hmm. Then, okay. But, you know, from a, I'm playing Madden, my spreadsheet football, football manager here, I can't talk myself into moving a wide receiver for what you would get in return. I agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think if you did move, let's say again, just for example here, Cortland Sutton this season, mm-hmm. you're getting ahead of the dead cap that would be 2023. So you don't get a benefit this year, but you get a bigger benefit in 20, excuse me, 2024, because there would be no dead cap hit then on that future season, which next year could be a major dead cap season. So you'd get a year ahead of it. Right. Yeah. Am I, am I incorrect in saying that? I mean, I know that's really but his, 3D but his chess cap. Card. You wouldn't have to take much of a dead cap at all on Cortland Sutton's because his contract basically you have you, you take a dead cap this year for nothing yeah his dead cap is low next year so yep. it doesn't it, like i said it financially i can't talk myself into that one and curtis real quick on this he says you know draymond's not twice as good as dj and dj's probably making <laughs> 10 year 10 a year it, it's exponential when you start talking about the the okay if if you look at numbers saying okay this guy's an 80 he's making 2 million this guy's an 85, he's making five. This guy's a 90, he's making 25. So when you're talking about premier, you pay extra. People want to talk about, you know, the top 1% or whatever. Look at sports. Look at sports. You've got the top 5% of the guys making 90% of the money. Um, and all the Jags are making minimums. That's just the way it is. Is he twice as good as DJ? No. Is he better than DJ? That's arguable. That's where you want to have the discussion. If he isn't a top five type of guy, he's going to be making more than the number 10 exponentially more. It's not going to be, well, he's 5% better, but he's making 2X as much. That's kind of how it works when you start getting into the margins there. That's just finances, man. And DJ Jones looks like a really good contract at this point. Uh, If he hit the market again, I think he'd be more. He played in a star-studded defensive line at San Francisco, star-studded front seven, and he took him out of that system. Is he just a product of how good the talent is around him, or is he actually that good? He actually looks that good. Also, you're talking about a guy who's a four-eye, five-technique, three-technique in Draymond Jones versus a one-technique in DJ Jones. Those guys who are the pass rushers are more valuable um, just in today's league, unless you have a superstar one technique, but that's not DJ Jones. DJ's a bargain. You're, I, yeah. I agree with you. DJ DJ Jones was a bargain at 10 million. His mm-hmm. He played really well. One of the most consistent performers all year. Uh, that was a great, both those guys that came in from San Francisco. Speaking of bargains, I think K1 was on what, like two and a half million or something. Yeah. I, I couldn't bargain. believe that. I, I, I guess I thought when he was signed or traded for, I think he was signed as a free agent. He I just signed. kind of put it in my brain that he was eight or 9 million. And then I went and I was like, looked at his contract again. It was cheap. I'm like, this was a, those were two outstanding signings for the defense last year. Long may it continue. Speaking of continuing, Gary Palmer coming in yellow says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Do you think we will draft a running back or go to free agency? Yes. I think you will draft a running back or go to free agency. Um, I think it will probably be free agent just because I think you can go, you can get proven talent cheaper there and you're going to want to use those picks for places where you want to swing a little more risky than, than running back, Nick. It, they're not mutually exclusive. One feeds into the other. You're going to work out the free agents market. If you sign a you know, borderline wide running back three running back two. Then you're looking to draft a running back higher. If you sign a big, uh, solid free agent contract running back, then you're probably not going to be drafting one uh, until very late, if at all. So uh, you want to see how free agency plays out first, but they will one will impact the other. 
Michael Ranquillo says, congrats to Phil McLaughlin on winning the February Facebook Stars jersey giveaway. Well-deserved. Absolutely it was. And Michael, to you as well, those two were speaking of the 90-10 rule. I think this was the 95% rule. Uh, Michael and Phil probably came in 95% of our Facebook contributions. You guys just carried it and kicked butt and uh, certainly supported our show as well. So thank you very, very much. Yeah, thank you. Darius Simmons coming in. Morning, guys. feel like the slowest moving offseason of all time. So ready to see what we'll do next season. Well, we get to enjoy free agency in the draft still. So uh, let's not run it too much. It's when we get through, you know, May through July, things are glacial paced. At least but, they start <laughs> reporting in July. You know, yeah. we get some OTAs. <laughs> but the OTAs aren't, don't do much for me either, honestly, yeah. unless it's injury news. You know, um, it's Javante. What are they doing? Tim Patrick, what he what's he doing? How much is Randy Gregory? Um, and then once I know that, I know all I need to know about OTAs. <laughs> uh, Chase Wellner comes in. He says, someone mentioned to me that minors should be moved to center. Oh, so- should he stay at right guard? He was drafted to compete at center. Um, and But he, he also had the ability to play guard. He actually played some tackle at the Senior Bowl, too. He moved him and Dylan Radens were very similar players. Moved around that whole line. Um, I think he's found a home at right guard. Leave him there. Just pencil his name in. And you say first first name in the lineup, first name on the team sheet, first name there, minors, right guard if he's healthy. And then work your way around center. I'm afraid if you move him to center, you weaken two spots because whoever you replace him with isn't going to be as good. And he's not going to be as good at center as you want him to be or else he'd have been there already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you keep him at right guard. Uh, maybe it's something at camp you like cross train him there to get a little bit more versatility because the injuries happen. Maybe there's a situation where you do want him at center, but uh, right now keep him at right guard. Greg Smith, good morning, Bronk. Goes for breakfast. Good to see you. Uh, we got Keith coming back in saying, I thought the offensive line personnel will improve with coaching in Denver or elsewhere in the league. Thoughts? Yeah, they'll get better this season, I believe. Just from the situation. Last season sounded like a toxic situation with the offensive line coach there. Uh, hopefully this will also be an offensive scheme that protects them better by rushing the football and having Russ, you know, the deep throws are going to come off a of play action where you have a little bit more time built in. And if teams are pinning their ears back on the play action, you figure out a different way to get around it. Uh, but your, your offensive scheme will be better. Your play calling will be more balanced. You will be less predictable on offense. That will help for sure. Yep. All of those things. Uh, hopefully the offensive line coach comes in, should be an improvement. You you get the feeling it can go nowhere but up after last season. Um, if you lose Dalton Reisner, it's more of an opportunity cost because Dalton Reisner has not been good the last two years I've been watching. Can he be good somewhere else? Could he be good if he was back? Maybe, but he hasn't been good. So you should be able to improve at the left guard spot too. And you should be able to improve at center. It shouldn't be hard to improve those two spots over what you got last year. That should be pretty easy to do from a personnel standpoint. And you will not be able to talk me into, convince me otherwise, that Sean Payton won't be an improvement over what we saw last year on the offense from the booth and play calling standpoint. Yeah. Rob Buxbaum, happy Monday, Nick and Scott. Best gents in MHH. We appreciate that. Bruce coming in saying thanks for the advice about the coffee. Have to stop (laughs) doing that. Well, glad we could help. Uh, We are not uh, doctors. I do work in the sciences, but not a uh, doctor. So uh, don't, don't, don't take too much advice. Scott's still coughing. So talking about doctors, Scott. Go see the doctor if you're still having issues. Uh, Bama X, good morning, Broncos country. Happy Monday. Uh, we also got 
this the breaks coming in and say, I think Broncos should get rid of the awful orange. This the breaks. Cool picture, cool name. Uh, the orange is iconic. Uh, the navy blue is old. Uh, half the teams in the NFL have navy blue as a primary color. Uh, I'm here for the orange, and I do. I'd rather them go to like the old school helmet here. I love that one much more, but uh, I love the orange. Is it, is there a different orange? Like you know, are there different shades of orange? Because I think the orange is pretty awesome, especially up against that old school powder blue. You know, the orange crush defense. Uh, I think. Um, I think you'll be in the minority on that one, dude. I think I think the orange is pretty iconic. Just look at the background there uh, of of Nick. All, all I see is some some good orange. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I do like that orange. It's not in Tennessee orange, not Clemson orange, but uh, there's only yeah. one Tennessee orange, and that's a that's that's a color only a you, a mother could love. So if you're not a Tennessee Vol, you pretty much hate that orange <laughs> or Home Depot. It's like it's almost. It's not quite Home Depot orange, but the Tennessee orange is a sherbet, unique orange, and only Tennessee fans will wear that orange to a funeral. It's they're <laughs> they're shameless with it. It's it's not a good color unless it's your color, then you love it. Yeah, and that's how maybe maybe that's how I feel about this Broncos orange. Uh, Michael coming in, Broncos country, the best fans. Michael, we appreciate that. You certainly help with that. Dom, good to see you, Dom. Um, we also got Gabe's in the Broncos orange through and through. Orange crush will always be. Absolutely. Curtis Campbell, do you really consider Draymond to premiere? Is he just best free agency this season? Typically premiere do not hit free agency. Um, so that's kind of first off, uh, but he's one of the top 10, top 15 pass rushers in football. He's also young and teams have money to throw around. So somebody's going to pay him. Uh, is he premier? If he was premier, the Broncos would have paid him or tagged him without even a second thought about it. So I think he's the step right under that and you can get in trouble paying non-premier elite players, premier elite money. So that's what makes this such a dangerous song and dance. When's the deadline to tag them? It's got to be before free agency opens on the 15th, correct? I believe it is the 14th, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So, you know, saying you don't want to tag them until the last, that's a last resort because the players don't want to be tagged. Um, and frankly, you don't want to, you don't want a guy that's unhappy Mm-hmm. And and for me, a tag on Draymond Jones would be an overpay by about forty percent, um, which you don't necessarily want to do either. But again, here's what what I said, and I know Michael Rankio has said four years, seventy million, somewhere in that. You know, we've we've agreed on that. You know, fifteen a year sounds about right. I like four and sixty with forty five guaranteed, somewhere in that neighborhood. So at fifteen a year, if if that's what you end up doing, if that's what you're willing to do then you should be willing to tag him for 19 to make sure you don't lose him to pay an extra four. Okay. I'll pay a premium on this for one year to make sure I don't lose him instead of committing 45 to him. Then, then we'll see. So it depends on their valuation for him. I I don't think he's a $15 million a year defender. I, I just, I don't, Um, but we'll see, you know, maybe he is in a different scheme. Maybe, He's a big reason why the Denver Broncos defense has been so good. I just, I, I think he's a little more limited in his run defense and he's not getting to the, to the quarterback enough to justify being a top five paid guy for me, Nick. Yeah. And I said from the beginning, I thought 15 to 17.5 is what his market's going to shake out to be. So we'll see uh, what that looks out. looks like in the end with the cap expanding again by 6% this year. Uh, he's, He's going to be paid decently, and it's not always who's the top five guys. It's who's next to get paid. 
Also, Chris Jones getting a big contract. You're going to see a massive difference in Chris. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But did want to say hello to Hada Patrick. Good mm-hmm. to see you, Patrick. We always really appreciate you coming in. And Keith coming in saying everyone is talking about Javante and Patrick being ready week one. What about Bulls? I think the reason nobody's talking about bulls is because it was a leg break and those are pretty straightforward. It's not ligament damage or anything like that. It would be an absolute shock uh, if bulls is not ready for week one, given the injury that he suffered. A couple of reasons. And Keith, thank you for the stars, my friend. Um, One, as you said, it was the, the bones healing is just time that, that, that becomes, you know, their surgery and time and you feel better about that. The other part of it is, is he's not a, a, a quick twitch guy. He's, he's not as reliant on his athleticism as much mm-hmm. as an offensive lineman. So you don't typically worry about them coming back. Is he going to still have his speed? Is he going to still have his change of direction? A 5% drop on that on a skill player could be enough to put you out of the NFL. Yep. Uh, on the lines, it's not nearly as noticeable. So um, we expect him to be back 100%, you know, unless something goes wrong uh, for, for week one. Yeah. Without a doubt. So uh, we should probably move on to the general topic here that we were we had uh, dialed up for the show, Scott. It's combine. Combine was this week for the Broncos. Obviously, the Broncos don't pick until pick 67 and pick 68. Uh, but uh, anybody that from this week that caught your eye, somebody we've talked about in the past that uh, you want to, you know, just talk about a little bit uh, for the Broncos, maybe somebody who did, you weren't interested in before. Now you're like, oh, my God, this guy would be amazing. Or somebody that uh, we were way into that now is going to be way out of range or anything like that. I don't know. It's hard for me to go down into the third round at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, so many of the guys were talking about my, my initial reaction, Nick was that this draft is going to be better than people think, you know, there's again, if you don't have that surefire couple of quarterbacks, like next year is going to be the most amazing draft ever because you've got two quarterbacks that are one and two and they will elevate the rising tide will lift all ships where this year there's some question marks at that position. And, um, you know, meanwhile, you've got two guys and Jalen Carter and Will Anderson that people have talked about should have been number one last year. And last year was a pretty good draft. My impression on this is one, everybody's so fast that speed doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the Incredibles where when everybody's special, no one is. So you've really got to trust your scouting staff. But, you know, what what I'm what I'm learning on this, Nick, on the whole, and then we can get into some uh, some individuals is there's depth in talent. There's depth in athleticism from wide receivers, corners, edge. Uh, we've seen it on both lines of scrimmage the last couple of years. We saw it at the senior bowl that you can still get two guys at the top of the third round that can come in and help you right away. If you pick the right ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll be able to find some guys, and especially in this class. That's one of my big takeaways in this one. And I said it before they tested. And I think it's still just as true as that. Broncos need an offensive line. I know that. Yes, everybody, before you get in the chats, you have to use every pick on the offensive line. Otherwise, this is a failure. 
Broncos probably also could use some defensive line help. We're not sure what's going to happen with Draymond Jones. Randy Gregory is in a position where, I mean, can you depend on him at all next season? Nick Benito was, you know, on the back of a milk jug uh, last year for the Broncos. And Browning has been up and down. So edge and interior defensive line up there as well in my book. And I think in this class, you're going to have an option, ability to get a damn good edge rusher at pick 67 or 68. There are going to be options. Now, a guy that I was, you know, really starting to fall in love with for the Broncos in that spot was uh, Ade Ade from Northwestern. And after his combine, you can kiss that dream goodbye. Uh, he's going to go top 50. His tape wasn't that level, but the testing with the, the position he plays, also apparently he's just an incredible person. Um, he's not going to be available for the Broncos at pick 67, 68, but there's going to be a number of guys uh, available that are going to be interesting for the Broncos that uh, I would be ecstatic about uh, for them at that spot. Somebody who stands out to me uh, that didn't test, but came in like a freak, Zach Harrison. Um, we're going to wait until the uh, Ohio State Pro Day for him, but if he's available at 67, 68 with his, what was it, 36 and an eighth arm length, arm, uh, arm length and 275 pounds, Broncos don't have anybody close to that right now as far as the the skill set and the body type so zach harrison is an option there you got tuli tuli Opolotu uh from usc who would interest the heck out of me Derek hall is a little bit more of a stand-up edge i thought he was uh stood out and looked pretty good out there this week uh a couple other guys maybe keon white falls uh, will mcdonald didn't test but did the field drills with battling 104 uh degree temperature that's dangerous it's 104 is like okay we, we're going to the emergency room that's a, that's dangerous yeah, it was concerning, uh, without a doubt. And then the last one I wanted to touch on that uh, impressed me this week, that maybe in the Broncos range there, maybe more of a fourth-round pick, but I was really impressed with the testing from uh, Yaya Diaby um, from Louisville. I, I really, really liked him at Senior Bowl. I really did. He's still pretty new to the position, uh, but I was really impressed with his uh, movement skills, athleticism. Talking about round four there for him, he stands out for me. So the Broncos are going to have an option for an edge rusher. Now, you're probably not going to get a superstar, you know, Von Miller or a guy that you can trade later on like Bradley Chubb for a first round pick, but a rookie contract guy who can complement what you already have in that room is going to be available. Uh, is very likely going to be available for the Broncos at pick 67 or 68. All right. I wanted to, I, I've got some guys I want to hit on an offensive tackle. Hey, hey um, but I was like, well, let me, let me, that was a, that was a pretty good dialogue from, uh, from Nick and his internet held up and his voice did too. So I wanted to dive back into the chat again real quick. Uh, to make sure we we took care of y'all too. Um, but Naj comes in, he says, Hey brothers, do you see the Broncos pursuing any XFL standouts? Um, you're allowed to have almost appreciate you, Naj, coming in. There's that Broncos orange. Um, you're allowed to bring in almost a hundred guys, and you can bring in guys for workouts all the time. Would you are you bringing some of those guys in? Sure. Um how many of those guys will make the NFL, make an NFL roster? I, I don't know. I, it's a it's a different level of football. I think you're better off going. There's enough proven guys, and I'm sure there's a ton of ex NFL guys in there that you will see some recycling. And the XFL is actually working in conjunction with the NFL, where it's you know you can get out of your XFL contract if you get a call up from the NFL. That hasn't been like that in the past. So, um, I haven't watched the XFL to know yeah this guy can play for sure uh but you'd be you'd be remiss not to be scouting professional football Naj. yeah i this is gonna sound i draft and combine and free agency and everything and just other job take too much time for me to be that all in on the xfl 
if the Broncos do bring in somebody from the XFL, then it'll be some hindsight scouting to understand who we're bringing in here. But I'm not watching much XFL unless somebody out there wants to gift me some Sea Dragon tickets uh, for the uh, Seattle team out here. Then I'll go see a game. But uh, other than that, haven't uh, spent much time watching the XFL. So appreciate you, Naj. Thank you, sir. A um, couple offensive tackles I wanted to get into, or at least yes, offensive please. linemen. Um, you know, my guy this year that I've been on the bandwagon for, I, I kind of latch on to one every year, it seems. And this year it was Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. Um, he came in at just a tick under six foot six, 306 pounds. So he actually put on 10 pounds, or at least he weighed 10 pounds heavier than he did at the senior bowl, where he came in at about uh, 298, 296, right in that neighborhood. At 306, uh, 33 inch arms right there. You know what, what you're looking for. Uh, a solid split at 1.78, 5, 32 inch vert. Uh, when he broke nine foot in the uh, in the broad jump. So good athleticism numbers. Someone, Nick, while your internet's catching up, um, I want to see if if the seam Richards, I don't know if he's testing. I've got blanks next to his name, but he came in at 6'4, 309 with 34 inch arms. Uh, was really good at guard out of UNC. Someone who I'm higher on in hindsight than I was at the time is Ryan Hayes out of Michigan, Nick. Offensive tackle. His first couple of reps at the Senior Bowl, you know, you never get a chance to make a second chance to make a first impression. He got whipped. And it was like, oh, goodness. I tell you what, though, he recovered. And he played right tackle. He played left tackle. And by the time the week was over, I had about 30 plays of his. I've got about a five-minute tape of him on my YouTube channel where he was winning just about every rep he went on. And he came in at six, six and a quarter, 298, 32 and a half. Those that might move him down on your on your arm length and had good agility numbers, including a 739 L cone, which is moving. That's a guy that's going to be able to get to the corner for you and give that guy a shove out around the edge instead of getting beat on a speed rush. Keep an eye on Ryan Hayes in the middle rounds, Nick. Yeah. And two guys I wanted to highlight here, just doing a lot of work on the interior offensive line and uh, guys who <clears throat> impressed me uh, with the drills and the testing uh, John Gaines from UCLA, not the biggest guy, uh, six foot four, about 305 pounds, but a five Oh one forty, a 7.313 cone, a four, four, five shuttle, a 32 and a half vert and a nine foot and six inch broad. And he looked really good in the drills as well. I am interested in gains from UCLA. That is an athletic testing guy, not the biggest mass, um, but, and I know he mostly played guard, but I mean, if you could get that at center or the you know, smaller body type, sometimes can get away at center. Uh, I'd be interested. Also somebody who really interested me um, in the drills here from the interior offensive line, somebody that I've been on for a bit, uh, has played all five positions on the offensive line for his team and is considered a super sub. Maybe somebody the Broncos could get round four, round five, if you're looking for a really versatile guy. Braden Daniels from Utah came in light at only 294, uh, but 17110 10 yard split, 499, 40, 7533 cone, 46 shuttle, 30.5 vert, and a uh, nine foot, one inch uh, broad. I mean, that's, I really like Braden Daniels, especially if you're looking for, I don't know if he's ever going to be a great starter. But somebody who can be a super sub across the board um, is somebody that you need on your team, and especially on a rookie contract. I think that'd be good. And I think he could be a, an eventual starter on the interior uh, on a rookie contract. One of, the, one of the more interesting ones to me was Break Freeland out of BYU. If I'm looking at this spreadsheet, I'm like, okay, he's got tools. Yeah. He, did, he got... 
he looked pretty bad at senior bowl. He was getting beat pretty handily. Yeah. Um, and when I'm looking at the numbers here and I, I started thinking, okay, his change of direction might be his weakest point. Um, let me see. Cause he was six, eight, three Oh two, uh, one, six, eight was elite off the line. Sub five forty, also elite. Seven four six on the L cone, but a four seven on the shuttle with a thirty seven inch vertical. This guy's doing windmill dunks, three sixties, that type of athlete out there. So when we talk about developmental prospects, the Broncos should take a developmental guy. Here he is. You know, if he falls into the fifth or sixth, I don't want him higher than that because any higher than that, I want him to be in the rotation. I don't want this guy on the field next year. I might really want him on the field in three years, Nick. Yeah, my issue with him is that he's very linear in his play, uh, and I think that has to do with his height. While he did test well, his issues with leverage and his ability to play low are something that I always see. So he can get knocked off pretty well, especially if he's not going straight at a guy Mm -hmm. because he's always playing above them. And on the offensive and defensive line, leverage wins. So that's something with Freeland that was always an issue for him on tape. But you're right, the athleticism, the jumping, uh, all exceptional um, from Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland franchise date is tomorrow. Um, Thank you, Curtis. He says Tuesday, March 7th, which is actually my wife's birthday. So I got to whip out the equivalent of a franchise tag tomorrow, I think. So um, (laughs) it sounds dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I already got, I already, I already got one present, but you know, I'm like a one big present kind of guy. And then, you know, Christmas comes around. I got like 40 little things that she's been shopping for. And I'm like, all right, now I feel guilty. So yes, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is uh, is my wife's birthday. So, Mart, that is uh, that is three seven. Um, lots, but again, there's there's options to be had. We've said it as if we've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. You can really increase, and we should probably move into the interior. Some of these guys listed at tackle, I think, are interior. Like Cody Mock is listed as an offensive tackle at the combine. I think he's a guard. He's a guard. Asim Richards, offensive tackle, guard. Um, you can improve the interior line in the third round. I can get two guys right there and be and and and, and they could be starters in the third in the third round. Whereas I'm looking at, in the third round, I'm looking at traits at edge. I'm looking at traits at corner. I'm looking at traits, meaning okay, he's super fast or he's got great length, but there's always going to be a but involved when i'm talking about some of these premier positions at corner at edge at tackle there's always going to be a but i can get a guy at center and guard in the third yeah I, i'm with you on that uh that's one of the positions same with a uh, tight end and uh, you know running back those are spots where you can find guys so the broncos i think you know pay a guy as well as find somebody um in uh, the draft there in that range to improve that position uh we also got brandon williams coming in saying what about hendon hooker if he falls thinking future if he's there round four and you love the dude then i'm okay with that i think that you probably need a little bit more instant uh impact than what the what he would offer for the broncos round three i'm also not sure he's a round three player coming off that injury but uh, yeah, round four, round five, I'd be interested. The thing about Tennessee is that their offense is so hard to translate to the NFL, uh, so it makes the evaluation difficult. And um, the problem with Hooker is, if you're talking about the future, is he's he's a little older. You know, um, I don't know how much it matters, but you know, if if 
if I'm saying, okay, I draft him. And frankly, Brandon, I appreciate you coming in. I, I don't think he's going to be available in the third. I think he's going to go higher than that. I think he's he's going to be someone might want to take him in the second, thinking I can get a Jalen Hurts type of player right away, come in and, and start. He's mature. I think he's 25 right now, maybe 26 next year. That's not necessarily a guy for the future for me. Now, if I had him for two years on the, you know, as a backup to Russell Wilson, and then I bring him and he's a starter at 28, that's okay. I have him from 28 to 33. That's not bad. I just I don't think he's gonna be there in the in the in the third round, Nick. I think he's a quarterback needy team might even go up into the first round for him. And I think he goes in the second for sure. I think he could fall to the third. That's one we have to watch. Now, the thing about this class is that after the first four quarterbacks, it falls off a bleeping cliff uh, in terms of talent. So maybe somebody's like, he's the next best one. But quarterback's such a weird position. The market is good, in, though. He's good. He is good. It's again, it's that scheme at Tennessee where it's like, how many NFL throws are is he actually being asked to throw? Because the splits that they use are, he has the NFL arm talent, but the actual NFL, you know, anticipatory intermediate throws, those, you know, those 15 yard outs, they just, not there. And also Tennessee had unbelievable wide receiver talent this year. Uh, somebody who stole the show, who might be my favorite wide receiver in the class, not the best, but might be my favorite in uh, Cedric Tillman um, was out there and he had some issues this year. Jalen Hyatt was also there. And then also Brew McCoy. So they had some good weapons and you guys, this one might send a shiver down some of your spines here, but this same, it's the same offensive scheme that made uh Drew Locke's junior year propel him to top 10 draft talks uh, before he returned to college for a senior year that Josh Heupel wide zone, uh, not wide zone, but wide splits. And you can really create some spacing issues in college because of how uh, f- much further the hash marks are right. that just it's a lot of the throws it's, and the routes. It's Canadian football. It is. It is Canadian football. <laughs> and the, I like Hooker the, the, a lot. The, the wide side of the field is Canadian football size. Yes. It's, it's but wouldn't that mean that you've got to have more of an arm to pull that off to a certain extent? I mean, I know Danny Warfel was you, 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 you're too young to have watched Danny Warfel. Danny Warfel was the master of dropping in little jump shots in, into space and letting guys just run under him. I mean, he was so accurate and so, and, and, and the Steve Spurrier offense was so good. Like third and 15, I was actually nervous, you know, when, when Warfel was a quarterback at Florida, but he didn't have an NFL arm. So, you know, is it, is it more like that? Where you've got so much space that you're just throwing it to a spot and guys are running under it, because you think, know I, I like what I see. I like the makeup. I like the production from from Hendon Hooker. I do. I think he's. I think he's a pretty solid choice. I think it's definitely the space. You just you don't have to be as accurate. You can be a general accuracy thrower, um, and that's one of the big things. Again, we saw with Drew Locke, who had the arm talent, but in that vertical offense, you're running four verts with that much space and one athlete being isolated. Doesn't have to be the NFL translatable type of touch uh, on the deep ball. So we'll see. Um, we might have to have a little side, you know, a side bet or something on uh, the Hendon Hooker spot. I'd probably put the yeah, over we'll, under. We'll him. see. We'll see. I'll, I'll yeah. watch more of him. I just, um, you know, knowing how quarterback crazy last year went the other direction, you know, yeah. you're, you know, where one guy goes in the first and then there's not one taken, one guy taken in the top two rounds. That's insane. That, you know, yeah. but the, the quarterback position still goes a little nuts you know how else do you explain you know zach wilson going number two overall in the 49ers trading three first round picks to get trey lance who played one season of fbu football you know i don't even know what you know north dakota state i think that's crazy you know to me so hennon hooker going 50th 
isn't so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll fully admit this is probably me um overcorrecting from taking the cheese in the Drew Lock tape. Like, oh, the talent and tools are here. Look at them throwing the ball around the yard. That's translatable. And then it certainly was not translatable. Uh just a lot of the intermediate throws, the full field progressions and stuff that uh, just, just it's not Kenny on Booker's got a different level of maturity which is going to be the difference for me they're different guys you yeah know, that's... i mean henry hooker's about two years from aarp so i agree no i'm just i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, what I does got, that make me my in, card the in the mail a couple weeks ago so <laughs> oh, like, scott. Like, oh scott that old actually they start inviting you at when you hit my age anyway string guy says scott what round would you take a running back and who might that be if you look, and I, I've talked about speed and everybody's fast. Uh, there's no reason to reach for a running back. Um, you know, when I can get Tank Bigsby running four five six, you know, Chase Brown coming in at four four three, Jameer Gibbs four three six, A Chain at four three two, Bijan, you know, at four four six. You know, there's there's good players out there. Kenny McIntosh comes in at a four six two. That might hurt him. You would love that to hurt him. He's six foot, 210 pounds and can fly. And he's a great wide receiver. I would love Kenny McIntosh in the fifth round. Um, where do you take one? I don't know. You know, again, who's going to be there? You're going to be able to get talent. We talk about sample size. With a small enough sample size, you can improve any point. There is a large sample size of running backs taken after the fourth round that can flat out play mm -hmm. and play early and play right away. So would I take one? Probably. Probably. I'd probably get a running back in the later rounds. Who's it going to be? We'll see. You will have your choice of several guys, including some of the ones I just mentioned. If you got Kenny McIntosh in the fifth, I would say hell of a pick, especially, especially in a Sean Payton offense, the way he catches a football. Yeah, and the guy who... I came into it and I recognized him from, you know, just watching big 10 football over the years, but he actually pretty uh, impressed me pretty well was Evan Hull from Northwestern uh, came in at uh five foot 11, 210 pounds or uh, five foot 10, 210 pounds, which is fine. And then ran a four, four, seven with a one, five, three split. Uh, That's pretty damn good from Evan Hull out there. And he's been a versatile player for that uh, Northwestern backfield. Also, Hey, didn't the Broncos just hire the Northwestern running back coach to be their running back coach? Hmm. I wonder uh, if that would uh, have any translation there. Um, but Evan Hull, maybe a name to keep an eye on there. He, uh, he impressed me. Some other names there that uh, interest me um, from testing there. I, I absolutely love Roshan Johnson, the backup uh, running back for Texas. Uh, he's a special team standout as well. Uh, he's one that I'd be just super excited to get here in Denver. And then it's unfortunate that the Broncos don't have their, let's say second round pick this year, because I would be all over uh, Jameer Gibbs for the Broncos. I think Jameer Gibbs would be, an unbelievable fit for Sean Payton and this offense. Uh, LaDamian Tomlinson had a segment on NFL Network where he went on a five-minute segment about how great Jameer Gibbs would be in Denver to complement Javonta Williams and be a, just a perfect kind of backfield uh, mismatch weapon in a Sean Payton offense. Probably the Broncos are not going to be in range to get him. I know he didn't measure like an incredible player as far as his size, but as far as somebody who that, you know, you can scheme 15 touches for uh, a game, that's, I mean, there's a role for that in the Broncos right now that they do not have, unless you're thinking Chase Edmonds is going to be back. So uh, I'd love, <laughs> I would love Gibbs, but I don't think that's a possibility. Yeah. We'll see where Tajay Spears goes. Yeah. Uh, just a shade under five ten came in at two Oh one. I don't think he ran, but 39 inch. I don't need to see him run. He's fast. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. need to see him test. I've seen him run. He's fast. He's got next level speed. 
uh, again, there's going to be, there's so many talented guys out there um, that you can really do good at that position in the later rounds. It's, it's interesting as, as bad as the Broncos were last year, their big problems other than quarterback, we'll see on that one are kind of the cheaper ones to fix. You know, you were going with practice squad running backs last year. You were going with guards and centers who were, you know, backup level. Those are cheap relatively speaking not cheap we got some supers coming in from some of our standouts including ethan the dwi guys it says car signing with new orleans interesting is that done maybe winston is a backup for wilson um Derek carr coming to the the saints is that is that uh official that we've been we've been uh since we've been on since nine o'clock this morning nick i'm looking at it for it right now hopefully my computer yep there it is ian rapaport uh, this will look good. Saints, uh, and here we got Shafter. Saints have emerged the front runner for Raiders quarterback. An agreement could be reached as early as today. Um, and I don't see uh, anything as far as official, but it sounds like it is going to happen. Uh, Shafter also tweets out, Dennis Allen was Oakland's head coach when the Raiders drafted Derek Carr. Uh, and now the two, uh, the two now would re- reunite in New Orleans as Saints head coach quarterback tandem. So not official yet, but uh, sounds like it's unofficially official. He immediately becomes the best quarterback in the NFC South uh, the moment he signs, at least going into the season. Um, Jameis Winston is a backup of, let's see, you know, what are you willing to spend? Would he come in at $3 million, $4 million? I'd be willing to spend that on Jameis Winston as a backup. I think that'd be really good. Is he going to get a chance to get starters money? Um, he... I would think he might look for a more of an opportunity to to where there's not an entrenched starter, uh, but we'll see. But if if Jameis Winston was your backup quarterback, you should feel really good about that. You'd, you'd feel really good about Jameis Winston coming in behind Russell Wilson, my opinion. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, Andy Dalton was also there. Maybe, hey, maybe uh, the Broncos end up getting Sean Payton's favorite pet, uh, Taysom Hill. Who knows? Uh, Broncos going to make a move at backup quarterback, though, without a doubt. And we got to start wrapping it up. We got the Super Chats pounding the turf now. You guys are great. Uh, Deanna Hendry coming in, $50, saying, Morning, Scott and Nick. Have a great day. Love Broncos fam. Love these podcasts. Well, we love you, Deanna. Hopefully Mm -hmm. you're staying well out there in Alaska. And I bet you daylight savings time coming up here next Sunday, if Alaska observes it, it's going to be a welcome uh, sight for you out there. A little bit more sun later in the day. Yeah, thank you. I hope you have a great day. I know it's early um, and, you know, probably see you tonight, um, Monday on, today's Monday, yeah, Monday on uh, Mile High Huddle podcast. So thank you for coming in. Appreciate your support as well. Coming in hot pink. Uh, Larry, no filter coming. says, good morning, guys. I know we need O-line help, but I was really impressed with the linebackers, Sewell and Jack Campbell. What do you think? Uh, Jack Campbell tore it up um, at the linebacker position. I'm trying to find his numbers. Uh, out of Iowa, Nick probably has him tattooed on his inside forearm now. Um, six four and a half, two hundred and forty nine pounds. Uh, his his first step was incredible um, with a one five nine on the on the uh, on his ten yard split, a six seven four L cone, and a four two four shuttle. I always the the shuttle. I mentioned wide receivers on an earlier show actually. Uh, wide receivers, the L cone, the way they move around and can change directions at speed. For me. The shuttle is number one for the inside linebackers because they're basically in a two-point stance and at a stop, and they're having to go side to side. They have to they have to read and react quickly. That four-two shuttle is really good at that size, six, almost six five, two hundred fifty pounds. 
38 inch vertical, he could, he could, you could use him as a walk up edge at times, Nick, with that type with those type of traits. I didn't love his drills in the pass rush uh, ones at the combine. And also the arm length is not incredible for that. But again, if you're using him as a rotational, you know, simulated pressure uh, for the linebacker spot, then uh, it would be interesting. Also, again, I'm not going to get up on a box and talk about Campbell, but there are people in that uh, Iowa coaching staff uh, that I have connections with that I think probably you talked about the Jack Campbell tattoos. They probably have a Jack Campbell tattoo. They probably wear Jack Campbell pajamas to bed like, they love the dude, like to the point where, I mean, you saw Jack, Cam- I don't know if you saw the interview with Campbell talking about, you know, Kirk Ferentz and he's like almost in tears. And anytime Kirk like talks about him, he like has to stop and swallow himself from crying. Like he is, he is loved. Like it's a, it's a weird, not weird, but like, it's, I haven't seen much like that as far as like what a player's personality leadership, um, everything that they bring to the table. So if you draft Jack Campbell, I don't think he's going to be there at pick 67, 68, but I'm not always the biggest on the value of the linebacker, but, He's probably as safe as the prospect as you're going to find in this entire draft class. He's not going to be Luke Keekley out there, but you're going to have a 10 year solid starter. That is going to be the backbone leader of the defense. He is a, he is an absolute just slam dunk. I, I love Jack Campbell, man. He's, he's an unbelievable person. Speaking of linebackers, Muma. No, uh, Ethan coming in again, hot pink. Thank you, Ethan. The DWI guys coming in. He says, okay, Nick, the LB guru, the Viking guru, the Vikings released Eric Kendricks. What's your pitch to talk Peyton out of signing him as he knows him well? My, I would be okay signing Eric Kendricks to a short-term contract. I'm not looking to overpay him. Uh, and also my big thing is, are the Broncos a veteran linebacker away from being a playoff, no doubt playoff team? It's that kind of thing. I just, I think that, if the Broncos were in a better situation of uh, to be, you know, contending for the AFC West going forward, I just don't see them there this upcoming 2023 season, then I'd be okay with it. Uh, but paying a linebacker, probably a situation where you sign him and then he's potentially a cap casualty the year after, how far does that move the needle uh, for you on this team? So I'd be okay with it if the money was right, but I'm not going out there looking to pay huge money for a, but it's probably going to be a mercenary type of contract at this point on the defense. And the same goes with, I see Dr. Van Nostrand asking about Bobby Wagner, same situation. If you are a Super Bowl hunting team looking to, you know, fill out the roster a little bit, then that's fine. I'm not sure if that's the best in the best interest for the Broncos though. Right now, I think you need to have a little bit more of a three-year viewpoint on any signings you're making this off season. He just turned 31 years old. He's on, he was on eight and $9 million as a free agent coming out of Minnesota at that age, cap casualty. Could you get him for a quarter of that two and $3 million? And would it be worth it? I mean, is he an, is he a legit upgrade on Alex Singleton or do you double triple Alex Singleton's $1 million and bring him back? That, that seems to make a lot of sense to me, Nick. I'd be okay with either of those options. I like Eric Kendricks a lot. He's a really good coverage linebacker, smart dude, uh, early second round pick out of UCLA. Uh, was a huge fan of him coming out there, and he's a good player. I just think you're he's going to get paid similar to what he was already paid there for the Vikings, Scott. It's just that the Vikings are in cap issues right now. Their run defense was bad, and also they're changing their scheme. But uh, I think that Kendrick is still going to get a pretty big contract. Uh, I just see him going more to, a, again, that mercenary route. Who's a team that needs a linebacker that is, you know, was that close to winning the Super Bowl last season or that close to uh, winning the division? That seems like the spot. Uh, for Eric Kendricks for me, uh, but we'll see like a team like 
the Seahawks. Uh, that's a team that's really close to the playoffs right now. Their linebackers were bad last year. Uh, he'd make a lot of sense for me in that kind of uh, situation where I think Denver, due to the turnover that we're going to see likely over the next couple seasons, new coaching staff, and the elephant in the room that is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, maybe not the best uh, direction uh, for the Broncos for where those guys are. So we've got, it looks like we're going to close out here with Austin possibly. Yep. So it's Scott and Nick. I'm going to add Nick in here. What are your thoughts on Chris Rodriguez? Uh, I'm thinking running back Chris Rodriguez. T- Kentucky. Yep. Yeah. And Kentucky. Um, Let me see. Just a shade under, I like his size. Just a, a shade under six foot, almost 220 pounds. Uh, small hands. Eight and five eighths. Mm-hmm. Glad he's not Kenny Pickett. Um he didn't do any testing, so I don't know too much about him, honestly, Nick. Uh, he's massive. Um, he did a lot of uh, broken tackles and stuff at Kentucky. He's very much a pile pusher type. I don't see much dynamic ability with him in the open field but uh, or in the run game, but he can do things out there, and I think he should be available around four, round five if you're looking for a plotting type that can do some stuff for you there. Uh, I know the Broncos have met with him. They're looking at running backs in that range. Again, not a very dynamic player, but uh, one that if you're looking for a cheap contract for a bit, that'd be that'd be fine. And I do like the size as well. And Morstead, that's a puncher. I'm going to be honest. I don't do much scouting of the punchers, but the Broncos should be looking at all the punting options uh, out there this season. So we'll see what happens. Morstead's a solid pro. Um, he was 46 and a half last year with uh, with the Dolphins, longtime New Orleans punter. Had mm. 28 punts inside the 20, which was just one off his career high. 37 years old. So, you know, he'll be a solid pro. He'd be a one-year guy. If you wanted to come in one or two years guy, you can kick for a long, long time. So would be a pretty good option to come in. I don't think he'd be overly expensive. So, um, like I said, a a good professional and, you know, kicking a mile high 46 becomes 48. If you can drop 30 inside the 20, you're, you're, you're doing pretty good. Appreciate you, Austin. Yeah. Appreciate the heck out of you. And then D generation X coming in. If there's a player in the draft that you can sit and forget about the next 10 years, it's Jack Campbell. Would you take two thirds straight up and get him? No Broncos need bodies. They need a uh, young cost control players. I can't imagine many situations where I would be okay. Packaging both those third round picks and going up for a player, unless there's a guy of you as a first round pick and he falls to like the fifties uh, for some reason, then maybe we can have that conversation, but you need those picks right now. Uh, you really need cost-controlled players, and you need to take multiple swings. Um, there's a, I think it was, heck, oh God, I can't. Who's the general manager of the uh, the Rams? Scott probably. I don't know GMs. Okay, well enough. General manager of the Rams. He was on a podcast. Team I actually cover. I know George okay. Payton. I know Terry Fontenot. I know Chris Ballard. That's it. Jerry Jones. <laughs> Well, uh, the general manager of the Rams is on a podcast and he talked about the fallacy of like teams are overconfident in their own evaluations a lot of times. So like if you're only if you're trading two potential draft swings only to move up, you know, 10 spots for a guy, that's just horrible um, analytically uh, probability wise to go get that guy. Less need. I, I believe it was less need. It might have been the assistant general manager of the Rams, but uh, I digress. Um, that made a lot of sense to me um, just not to be over. uh Obviously, you want to trust yourself, but you also want to give yourself the uh, the options of uh, swinging at guys as well. And the Rams have done really good at picking, you know, round four, five, six, seven over the last uh, five years or so. So, yeah. And, and John Degeneration X coming in. Um, the 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 fallacy here with this this question is a guarantee. If I could guarantee a ten year starter at, at, at any position, would I give up two thirds? Yeah, I would. 
Mm -hmm. I would. You got a guy that you can plug and play for the next decade? Absolutely. That's worth two-thirds, pretty much at any position. But there's no guarantee. And that's the fallacy with that discussion right now, is you can't guarantee that. Meanwhile, and you know we've talked about this a lot, there's just not that big a difference, except maybe at the very top with the athleticism, and even those guys fail. You know, the guys that are the very cream of the crop of human beings. And then there's a drop-off, and then there's just a bunch of guys. You know, and you don't necessarily know how you're going to develop. Would I want to move up, trade those two picks to move up to 50 to take a right tackle or a guard? Or would I rather wait for 66 and 67 to take two guards? I'd rather have the two. I'd rather have the two and increase my chance. If I got a 40% hit rate at 66 and a 40% hit rate at 67, I might have a 50% hit rate at, at, uh, at 50 that's not good enough. I'd, I'd rather have the picks, John. I think that's a great question, though. The fallacy is you can't guarantee anything. If you could guarantee it, sure. I'd, I'd take a guy. I'd trade two-thirds for a 10-year starter without a doubt. Yep. There's just no guarantee there. Yeah. So, and uh, they're talking about trading down offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. Reports coming out that Voorhees from USC tore his ACL uh, at the Combine yesterday. So, we'll see. That's a developing story. Hope um, you got a nice big Lloyd's of London insurance policy. Yeah. Hundred, I agree with you. Did you see that the Wimbledon had a Lloyd's of London insurance policy for a pandemic if it hit, um, and they got paid out big money. Got this freaking. I wild. start blaming people that it was them. They did it. Yeah. Who stands to gain? I always ask that question when you when you start looking at that stuff. Who gains the most if this big happens? Tennis. Big tennis. Big tennis. Yeah, of course. It's well, always it was the U.S. Big Open with somebody like that. But yeah, I think it was. But yeah, I, I do remember that story. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, just wild. Uh, but anyway, guys, we got to get on out of here. I got to go walk the dog and pick up groceries. It's Monday. I've uh, been on for an hour and a half now. So I got to wrap up. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at MHH pod and at uh, BFB underscore pod. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Uh, thank you to everybody who supported us today. Deanna Hendry, Degeneration X, Ethan, Austin H, uh, Larry, No Filter coming in here as well. Uh, we always appreciate Naj with the $20 super. Naj, we always appreciate you coming in. Gary Palmer, $10, always great. Uh, you guys are awesome. I know we had a couple of Facebook supers as well. Uh, appreciate the heck out of you guys. Yeah, D- D- Ethan says uh, JFK movie quote. I actually never saw that movie. So, you know, who stands to gain? That's just conspiracy theories. That's that's human nature, man. <laughs> you, want to, you want to try and predict human nature, figure out what the person has to gain, and you can pretty much predict what they're going to do. Um, I want to thank Ethan, Deanna, uh, Naj coming in, Austin H, Larry No Filter, Um Keith Brugman on, on Facebook stars. And I hope I'm not forgetting anybody that came in to help support the show. Gary Palmer, of course, Degeneration X. I am forgetting some of you guys. So thank you all so much for making us uh, a nice Monday. And I hope you all have a great day. Make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. We'll see you again tomorrow. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.